0: Soul Family and welcome to The Walk On Podcast. The podcast where I try to demystify spirituality, personal growth and healing, and whatever else I feel like talking about. I'm your host, Britt Cannon, and this week's episode is called The Insatiable Ego of War. Because of the stuff that's going on in the Ukraine with Russia and because of a lot of the reactions I've seen on the internet. And also just, you know, once again being reminded of the violence that happens elsewhere, Um, how privileged we are as Americans to not have ever seen really that kind of, like, conflict or combat or destruction on our, you know, in our, like, everyday lives. Even thinking about, like, (laughs) you know, the the linchpin in so many people's lives especially people who live here in New York is like nine eleven. you know that's where people like lost people like as in lost their lives but also lost people as in like you know that's where people's joyful regular dads became you know closed off alcoholics or like where people developed PTSD for the first time in their lives. And you see how an event like that, you know, Americans just like are obsessed with this day. Um, Same thing with Pearl Harbor. Like these are one-time events that happened on our turf, so to speak. And it's, it's affected generations, right? And, and so I challenge us in this privileged space or I would say like is it really privilege if it's not something that happens to you but it's something that you create like we create the quote-unquote privilege of living peacefully because we inflict harm on everyone else in the world you know we are imperialists we are colonizers and we are aggressors of conflict and um, and that is what you know when you say that people are fighting for your freedom, like that's really what you're saying. you're saying like you're bullying someone else so that we don't have to deal with it here and um and I just it, I don't <laughs> um i I'm not under any false assumptions or like false beliefs, any grandiose. <laughs> uh, inclinations or whatever that I'm like knowledgeable about the nuances of foreign diplomacy. (laughs) But I do understand ego. I do understand human nature. I do understand the patterns of trauma and how they play out. And I do understand an abuser, like an abuse tactic, an abuser using an abuse tactic when I fucking see it. And and that's what's going on right now that's what's been going on that's what's always been going on and so it, it's just on my mind you know it's like you get on the internet and it's everywhere and and then there's these all these like overlapping discussions about like why is so much empathy or sympathy i can never remember which one <laughs> why is so much given to um, Ukrainians at this time, like you know, moments on SNL and just like <laughs> massive worldwide demonstrations and people really care about this situation. But similar things are going on in other countries and have been for years, for decades, you know. And and really, the answer to that question is white supremacy. Like people feel more white people care more about bad things happening to other white people because of white privilege because of white supremacy and because of i would because of the dehumanization of black and brown people and also because America tends to be at the heart of those conflicts so of course our propaganda media doesn't cover those stories with the same tone, with the same uh, condemnation, you know, you can justify it if, if you're the one doing it, which brings me to like sort of my first point here, which is that, you know, the ego is, it's our most base (laughs) desires, right? It's like, it's our wounded inner child. It's the materialist in us it's the person or it's the part of us that can't see more than what's directly in front of us it's the part of us that wants craves and desires it's the part of us where our jealousy lives it's the part of us where our defensiveness lives and it's the part of us if we're so inclined to be this type of person that wants power over power over another and this is where uh, abusers kind of live, right? They don't, they don't just want a partnership. They want a partner. They have total control over. They don't just want to be successful in an industry. They want to dominate others. They have, a, you know, it's like the people who, um, who get to be really successful CEOs because they like really get off on firing people and like cutting people's jobs. It's reminds me of a scene in succession where, Kendall Roy like acquires this company. Um, it's like a liberal media internet publication sort of dealio, and he acquires it, and the guy insults him, the guy that runs it insults him, and then he plays this kind of slow burn revenge game where uh when he gets enough power and enough reason to, he just totally disbands and destroys them, um, like on a dime. And so everyone is shocked. And they just like lose their jobs. They only get a week of severance. And he's just standing there like rock hard (laughs) at this power play, you know, at humiliating and dehumanizing and, um, and really like oppressing others. And I think that people who are (laughs) very dead inside, you know, it's like, I talk about this all the time, but it's like those people who need to go hunt lions or like endangered animals, they are so dead inside that they can only feel when they're doing something like that. Um, Similar for these like serial abusers, like you get rich and famous, you could have, you could sleep with like anyone you wanted within reason. Like uh, there are people probably lining up to sleep with you. And yet what you want to do is sexually assault and abuse people. Why? Because of power over, because you need to feel in total control because you feel better when you're abusing, demeaning, humiliating, um, crossing the boundaries of someone else. It's an evil. And I don't think that anyone is born evil. I don't think that anyone is like innately such things. I think that like circumstance creates this privilege creates this and, um, and a lack of care or concern or empathy or connection to your fellow human creates this. Uh, I think that, that, that desire, that egoic, insatiable desire, right? Like that, um, black hole of wanting that is the ego. Cause that's the thing, right? That's why these people (laughs) get rich and famous and, us commoners look on them like wow they have everything like they how could they why does she cry to quote britney spears lucky (laughs) um if there's nothing missing in her life why do tears come at night (laughs) y'all and that's why they get there and they're still unhappy because the void what's missing the wound is beyond that ego it's deeper than that ego And the ego is never satisfied. It's never fulfilled. And um, that's why it's really important to do the work, to transcend it, to greet it, to make friends with it, and to to be like, okay, wounded inner child, I know, I know (laughs) you're hurting, you're upset, and you soothe it and calm it down, and you become the adult in the room in your own body. You become the one making conscious choices being present with your emotions instead of letting them unconsciously drive and rule you. I think about this all the time in regards to climate change. Like these CEOs of these companies, I just watched an episode of the crown where they had this, um, season one of the crown where they have this like horrible smog that happens. That's like literally killing thousands of people because, um, of burning too much coal because of policymakers deciding that everyone needs to burn too much coal and to heat their homes or whatever. And so there's horrible smog happens and lawmakers are like, we're not going to do anything about that because it's too expensive to change the way, we're, the way we're doing things. And it's like, okay, so dollar sign, like figment of your imagination money, just a holographic illusion that we all collectively hallucinate. Like we just decide to buy into this thing that money exists is like, that is more valuable than human lives. Because when we're talking about cost, it's like what, it's like the word cost, the idea of cost has context. I would say that human lives are more valuable than money. So like any amount of money it would cost to save human lives is fine. Whereas policymakers back then and in this day and age and in the future in regards to climate change think that cost of lives is just the price of doing business. This is how Amazon warehouses are run. This is how climate change policy is being made. And this is how our governments have handled COVID, right? Like right now, they're lifting all the mask mandates and being like, good fucking luck, I guess, even though not less than a month ago, we were having these huge spikes and and also total almost a million people have died a million life lives lost and still they aren't changing anything and still they aren't fucking doing anything about it and still they're just sending us like lambs to the slaughter go back to work don't wear your masks forget the vaccine mandate good fucking luck like it is unforgivable (laughs) It is despicable, disgusting, horrible, and yes, evil, because I think that evil is not an innate thing. I think that evil comes in the form of choice and that egoic, I'm getting really upset (laughs) y'all. That egoic drive to consume, to own, to have power over is everything that's wrong with the world right now. And bringing us to conflict, to war, you know, speaking of hallucinations, of collective delusions like money, the same can be said for borders, for countries, for ownership of land, you know, like this is just the culmination of a bunch of fucking white guys who decided I'm going to own this now. I'm going to own this now. I'm going to storm into this country, make everyone sick with my nasty white diseases (laughs) and, and kill everybody off and take the fucking land for myself. Now I own it. My flag is in it. My dick is on the table. I own this place. I'm going to name it after my king or whatever. And, and, you know, good luck to anyone who should try to take it back from me. And, really like no war has ever ended in the sense that we've always been fighting. We've always been fighting over land. We've always been fighting over resources. We've always been trying to like cut corners and steal from someone to get something to give to someone else. And, and these like, (laughs) like imaginary borders between countries determine who's on whose side and what economic system they decide to employ either makes you a friend or an enemy. And we make trade decisions to cut certain people off from certain resources to, uh, undermine their choice in economic system. It's just like, it's all made up And who's really fighting these wars? Because really what it is, is a bunch of rich people who have a lot of power, who have the most power in the world, sitting in a bunker or in a security surrounded, you know, fancy building with mahogany desk and like a fucking eagle painted on the wall or whatever, um, making decisions as if they're playing a video game, as if they're playing a game of chess, as if they're just like these, you know, like the long list of COVID deaths, they're just numbers. They're just statistics. They're not human beings. They're not people with families, children, lives, passions, dreams. They're not individuals. They're not autonomous entities they're just a number they're just a casualty they're just the cost of doing business and who goes to war who fights wars teenagers children babies you know somebody's child the people who sign up for the military are people that have to sure there's an occasional gi joe who's like i want to be a soldier their whole life but i would suggest even that is Due to brainwashing. But in my high school, I grew up in Norfolk, Virginia, which is a military town. And let me tell you something about military towns. They are riddled with generational trauma because men come home from war. They have PTSD. There's no resources for them. There's no mental health care. In fact, a lot of the policy in the armed forces about PTSD is basically that I guess you weren't strong enough to handle it. I guess you weren't enough of a man to handle being a soldier. Like that's literally the vibe. That's the mentality. There's no care. There's no comfort. There's no real, real put your money where your mouth is. Thank you for your service. It's horrendous. And so these men come home, they're just like, ate up with toxic masculinity. They just swallow their wounds. They become a danger to their households. They lose themselves in addiction. You know, they're emotionally unavailable to their wives and their children. And that shit gets passed down and gets passed down and gets passed down. And let's not even talk about the instability of needing to move all the time, uh, going to a million different schools a year. And, And also, you know, Norfolk, Virginia is if you're not in the military, it's like, um, I don't know. There's just like a lot of poverty. There's a lot of generational trauma. So a lot of people's parents are alcoholics. A lot of people work in like food service industry or, you know, it's just not, it's not like a, it's a city, but it's not like a booming metropolis or whatever. And so because of the lack of resources, if you go to one of the poorer schools, of course there's the rich schools whose kid, you know, who like people who attend those go everywhere and get scholarships and, you know, go to Europe every spring break and fucking bullshit like that. But if you are not from one of the affluent areas, um, and you stop during lunch to talk to the military recruitment people at the table when you feel like you have no means to go to college, you know, your parents don't make enough money to even fill out the fucking application or they're totally unavailable to you because they're working so much or because they're like, you know, in their own shit. This, so these people come like, you know, like religious cult and camp out in these high schools and get people to sign up before they're even 18 obviously you can't join until you're 18, but they start preying on them, you know, and then they sign up and then they're sent to war. And then basically, I mean, there are people who get PTSD from basic training. You know what I mean? From being screamed at by leaders and the whole idea of how the military trains people anyway, is like to break them down, to build them up. Basically, they create a trauma bond. They, um, yell and scream and berate and and cause this, um, yeah, like a trauma-bonded sort of loyalty, like a brainwashing of sorts. It's the same thing cults do. And so then these people are just stuck, carrying out yet another cycle of generational trauma, Going over because some guy decided he needs more oil or needs more money or needs more power or needs to destabilize the government over here, um, it needs to marginalize, further marginalize brown people, it needs to tell people how they need to live. You know, just because some dude wants more, just because of his insatiable ego has run amok, these kids, kids, 18 is a baby have to go over and murder people and blow people up and watch their friends die and get hurt and see and do and experience unspeakable things only to come home and take it out on their families. And that's why we're in the position we're in. I saw it in my family. You know, great grandpa was a military man. Grandpa was a military man. And everyone's fucked up from that being the center of our families. Um, so it's not even, it's like, not even like Putin is like on his horse, you know, charging into battle or whatever. He's sending people. He's sending human beings whose lives don't matter to him. They're not real people. They're just numbers. They're just chess pieces. And you know, Osho said, the, like the deepest harm you can do someone else is objectifying them because it's stripping them of both their humanity and their divinity. You know, if we're all gods walking this earth, which I believe we are, I believe that each one of us is, uh, a facet of the God being (laughs) that is consciousness. We are the universe knowing itself Each one of us has inherent value just by nature of being here, just by nature of existing. And in fact, that no one is any more important than anyone else. But because of this insatiable ego, because we set up these hierarchies, these systems of power, um, some people really, really, really do believe they're more important than others. Speaking of succession, there's a scene where they have a shooter in their like news outlet building and some of the people are taken away into an actual like safe room and some people are in a conference room that they call a safe room. Why are some of the people's lives more important than others? Who determines that? And how can you live with yourself if you really believe that, that I hold more value than you, that if I, that if any of us should make it out of this alive, it should be me. And here's why, like the mental gymnastics, I feel like someone has to go through to justify their own importance to that degree is really perplexing. (laughs) How did we get here? And that's all war has ever been about. I mean, there is a a certain, um, there is something to be said for like being on the defensive side, you know, like obviously someone needed to stop Hitler, but the fact that a Hitler even existed and rose to power is what I'm talking about. The insatiable ego of war. Like that's someone who thought I'm so much better than all these other people like I have the right of way I know how to do things I know who to blame I know who to genocide in order to make the world a better place and it's like wrong (laughs) it's just like the Europeans who came to America and attempted to genocide the indigenous people who lived here who cared for the land you know who had a connection to this place what entitlement to come around somebody else's house and be like, this is my house now you're kicked out. And the thing is like, there really are, I don't know. It's like, (laughs) once we set, set the precedent, you know, once it's just like nuclear bombs, like, can we just talk about that for a second terrifying like objectively terrifying the fact that some guy some guys but just speaking about america some guy has the power to push a button and completely devastate a place what (laughs) like no no why why do we need that? And oh, people in power love to threaten that. You know, they love to like pull out the literal big guns. And to what end? Like, what is your end game here? And also like, can we not have a war as we're currently balls deep in a global crisis and heading full speed ahead towards the culmination of another global crisis? (laughs) Like, get some fucking perspective. You absolute shitholes, like you absolute trash heaps, get a therapist, take some Prozac, chill the fuck out. Like what is wrong with you? How much do you need to possess? How much power do you really need? You're never going to feel whole. You're never going to feel happy. You're just keep going to keep on chasing and chasing and chasing and causing destruction. I don't know how these people live with themselves. And there really are no good guy politicians. Like I hate to break it to my friends who listen who are still very much playing the like democrat republican game but you know obama was droning people hard um biden look what look what we're in you know mask mandates lifted. I've had it. I didn't, you know, I have like a whole two months of this show planned and I did not plan on doing this episode. It's just like a fucking rant, but I just can't. It just hurts my heart. It hurts my feelings to see these people. You know, I saw a video the other day of a little kid crying, crying, saying like, I don't want to die today. A child, a baby, and thinking about you know Gabor Maté, I talk about him a lot, I love him. Um he was an addiction like counselor and specialist and also a medical doctor. And he writes a lot about addiction and mental health and generational trauma and stuff. And um and the mind-body connection as far as trauma is concerned and he talks about he was a baby during the Holocaust and he's Jewish and his mother of course was Jewish and uh apparently he was five months old and he just wouldn't stop crying he cried 24 hours a day and it was really starting to wear on her and she kept calling the doctor and the doctor kept you know checking up on him and being like nothing's wrong nothing's physically wrong and then she called one day and he was like you know all my jewish babies are crying and to gabor mate when he thinks about that to him that that's an indication of sort of the the psychic nature of human beings that like these babies five months old were picking up on the fear the absolute terror the devastation the loss the grief of their parents you know they were picking up on that vibe and it was causing them to be upset too that there is a an energetic connection between human beings, and like that's what war doesn't just devastate the place for the time the war is happening. These wounds transmit generationally. You know how you do one thing is how you do everything, and you can't murder someone and not have a piece of your soul. Uh, <laughs> Fall out. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the what word is appropriate. Crack. You know, clink on the ground. Um, you can't see someone murdered without that affecting you. Um, you can't live under uh, the sounds of gunfire without it instilling at least at the very least a complex ptsd you know i the lack of understanding of how trauma works the lack of empathy the lack of awareness the lack of communication about it like it just isn't considered it's the same way i mean it's a, a bigger and smaller and and more you know, the COVID situation is slightly, is slightly less, um, sort of bombastically terrifying as the threat of war or like active war happening. But these are overlapping scenarios that are existing right now that also mirror overlapping scenarios that existed in the past and probably will in the future. Uh, but It's the same way with the government with COVID, you know, like there's no, there's no understanding of how living with this crisis has affected us on an emotional and physical in cases of long COVID and mental and spiritual level, you know, there's no understanding that like after being isolated for so long, people have a hard time integrating or that people have like actual trauma now you know that the constant sirens in those first three months affected us that we can't just go back to business as usual because we are not the same there's no like consideration for that fact it's just like hurry up get back to work like pay your taxes do your job blah blah blah, spend your money like <laughs> be robots and it's unconscionable. Like it's really, how did you get to be in such power? How did you get to have so much responsibility and you don't know shit about shit? You have no empathy. You're basically, you know, a sociopath in a suit and you just don't fucking care about others. Like you, how do you live with yourself? You know, I said something mean to someone offhandedly in 2003 and sometimes it keeps me up at night and these people are responsible for the deaths of millions and they just live with themselves smile and wave and you know you see people being like we should go kick their asses. Remember that was a Toby Keith song. Of like, well, put a boot up your ass if you're a terrorist or whatever. It's like, ugh. and these are the people who, when I say war is bad, which I feel like is an objective truth, like war is bad. War is wrong. Why are we even going to war? Because somebody wants more power because somebody wants more land because somebody wants fucking capitalism to prevail. Fuck capitalism. Fuck land. Fuck fake borders. Fuck your money. Like, war is bad. Bad things happen when people have to kill each other for reasons they don't even really understand or are being lied to. In the case of the Afghanistan and Iraq invasions in 2001, lied to about them. Just straight up false reasoning for invading somebody else. And people are so like, let's do it. Like Captain America. (laughs) It's like, nobody. I'm sorry. That's a fairy tale. And we don't need it. I once got in a fight with this guy, um, who his name was Chad red flag, right? (laughs) I once got in a fight with this guy on Instagram because I was saying war is bad. And he was like, Oh, I'm so glad that it's so simple for you. And it's like, okay, so, so you're saying that I'm simplifying a complicated situation, but your, I'm going to kick the bad guy's ass. Isn't an oversimplification of a complicated situation. I think that without like, I think that the military Militaries are just proponents of the fascist police state. They're just carry outers of the white supremacist capitalist heteropatriarchy. It's just upholding power. It's the same way that police protect property. Militaries fight wars over property, over money, over protecting capitalism and they call it democracy but it's not because we don't even have a democracy here and we're supposed to be the freest country in the world we have propaganda we have fascism you know in red white and blue like <laughs> we still suffer from propaganda we still don't understand geopolitics we don't have much freedom beyond Picking between thirty different kinds of laundry detergent detergent at the store, um, the station that you're born into in life, you tend to stay in in life. You're. It's very rare that someone like rises to the occasion, and that brings me to another point. Rises to the occasion is not the correct phrase. Uh, someone can pull themselves up by their bootstraps. That's just like a figment of the imagination. Every once in a while, someone like Cardi B, you know, makes it from. Nothing. I hope you hear the sarcastic bunny ears in my, (laughs) in my voice. Um, and people cling on to that as like, I too will win the capitalism game. And the reality is most people don't. And that's the thing with our political leaders is even the ones who are like bootstrap kids, like AOC have affluent backgrounds. Like they're people who wanted to be in politics their whole life. She wasn't just a bartender. She, uh, it turned in Washington as a young person. So they are, they start off from a place of such immense privilege that they have no idea what real people's lives are like. You remember that show, um, Undercover Boss? Was that what it was? Where like the CEO of a company would have to go do a regular person's job inside the company and they couldn't do it. It was just like wife swap or, Yeah, we're like, though, you know, (laughs) the wife who normally takes care of the family gets traded out with someone else and, like, a poor wife will get replaced by a rich wife for, like, a week and then the husband's like, fuck, my wife is great. (laughs) These CEOs go into these companies and they're like, wow, cleaning hotel rooms is hard. And it's like, you think, motherfucker? (sighs) A lot harder than investing your generational wealth to own a company. Fucking dick. I... I'm so fired up about this because (laughs) it's just watching the world fall apart, you know? And like, I have an episode I did uh, a little while ago about accepting where we are and how the powers that be, these, you know, currently antiquated institutions of power Um, are clinging on to the past with all of their might. And all it's doing is causing death and destruction and greater and greater suffering for the people that they supposedly serve. You know, we're watching like anti-trans laws pass in Texas and like the uh, (laughs) anti-abortion ban. And these uh regressive educational policies happen in florida and just like slowly but surely and i think there was like a slippery slope as far as i mean obviously trump had a lot to do with it but like covid and like states having more and more power like decision making power um Suddenly these things are taking place where you see it, you see the white supremacist capitalist, this heteropatriarchy, just holding on free to your life, doing anything it takes to keep itself maintained, you know, to keep creating harm, to keep hurting people, to keep things from progressing the natural way they're supposed to progress. I always use this, um, this metaphor because it just, it feels so right, (laughs) but you know, think of a river flowing downstream and life is, is downstream. Like that is the trajectory of your life is flowing downstream. The trajectory of human evolution of like past to present to future, it's all downstream. And what people will do instead of just throwing their arms up and flowing and being like, universe, you take me where you got to go. You know, when, you know, if I'm in a relationship, if that relationship starts feeling more and more difficult to maintain, and like neither of us really wants to work on it anymore, and we're getting more and more complacent and more and more unhappy, and And maybe it's time to start thinking about letting it go and then I let it go and then I move on and then I heal and then someone else comes along and I spend some time with them, you know, or like this job, this career path, isn't making me happy. It's taking too many spoons. It's like sucking my life force out of me and I hate when I go to work every day and maybe it's time to start thinking about making a change and I'll just flow with that feeling and I'll start putting things in place and blah, 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 before long, I'm on to the next thing. You know, instead of doing that, people cling, you know, if, think of the desperation of like, you know, because it's scary because like, I know where I am right now. I know this spot in the water. I know how deep it is. I know how cold it is. I know how, how rough the water is. I know what that stone is. I know where the branches are. You know, I know where the sun sets every day beyond those trees. Like, this is my spot. This is where I'm comfortable. I don't know what's downriver. There could be a huge waterfall. There could be death destruction. There could be alligators for all I know. <laughs> so the fear of the unknown um and even the like total refusal to consider that there might be another way, you know, it's like the allegory of the cave, like Plato's cave allegory where like there's these people in a cave and they're facing a wall, and they see their their own shadows on the wall, and to them that is all there is. And then one day some guy's like, you know, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go check out uh outside the cave. And everyone's like, no, are you mad? <laughs> Burn the witch. Um, and that's sort of what life is like. You know, you're like, war is bad. And everyone's like, there's always been war. How dare you besmirch the good name of war when war has existed for centuries? And it's like, okay, fine. <sighs> Don't consider that there might be another choice. God forbid. Um So people get scared, and people get frantic, and instead of flowing with the river, they get really, really stressed out, and they grab onto a branch, and they hold on as long as they can, but then their arms get really, really tired, and they have to let go, and then they hold onto a boulder, you know, and they're just, like, grabbing on for everything they can to avoid, to delay the inevitable inevitable forward motion of life, (laughs) and it's really sad um and it causes a lot of problems and we do this microcosmically and it happens macrocosmically and that's what's going on with these governments right now really what the universe because that's how i see it i see it as like a sort of not an all-seeing all-knowing god necessarily but uh uh things have a natural progression in the way that Winter gives way to spring, gives way to summer, gives way to fall, gives way to winter. In the way that lakes flow to rivers, flow to oceans. (laughs) In the way that we are born, we grow, we grow, we grow, we get older, 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 and then die. Like, (laughs) these are the natural progression of things. Um, There is, like, a natural order. There is a sort of law of the universe of the flow of energy in this way. And um, and so I don't think it's necessarily like a guy with a white beard in the sky <laughs> playing with us like Barbies. I do think that there is an order, you know? And at this moment in time and for the last handful of decades, there's been this, this need for camaraderie, for community, for cooperation and co-creation there's been a need for tuning into love into conscious communication into living with love walking with love like loving with love acting with love deciding with love becoming conscious to the way we impact the world around us environmentally you know interpersonally spiritually politically like I mean how long have marginalized people been screaming for rights been fighting and living and breathing and dying for rights for it to be seen as people to be cared for as people to stop being dehumanized and objectified and Oppressed and marginalized, and to not have the same right to safety as everybody else—you know, as people who are more in line with the status quo—and how long has the white supremacist, capitalists, heteropatriarchy said no and smack these people down? You get two inches of progress, and then you're slapped back a mile, and you get two inches progress, and you're slapped back a mile, and it's just like so infuriating and and heartbreaking, right? It feels like we're never going to get anywhere. It feels like the law upholds these harmful systems of oppression. And like, you know, people will say like, they'll talk about the legality of things versus the morality of things. And like war is legal. Like you can kill someone and get away with it if you're a soldier or if you're a police officer but normal people can't get away with that. But, but murder is bad, right? Like war is bad. Murder is bad. Slavery is bad. Injustice is bad. Love is good. Care is good. (laughs) Gentleness is good. Vulnerability is good. Like, I constantly am questioning myself these days, like why these world leaders can't conflict mediate, like get into a room and have a conversation, you know, (laughs) like talk to each other or talk to your people, you know, take, that's what we should be voting on. Should we go to war? And if the majority of people say no, then you don't get to like, that's the kind of accountability that leaders should have. If we need leaders, (laughs) they should at least have to consult us on, um, on big decisions like that without the gerrymandering and the racist voting protocols that make sure that conservative people are still politically viable because you know if those rules didn't exist i think i I can't remember the exact statistic but it was something like democrats or progressives would win with like 68 percent of the votes without gerrymandering so because people are discouraged from going to the polls that's the only reason why conservatism exists at all on a on a large power scale. Isn't that wild? I don't... That's probably not the right number, but I, I think that's what I read. So anyway, war is bad. War is bad, and it comes from an egoic place, um... It comes from the need for power over. It comes from a base desire. It comes from you know, a fascist is someone who is terrified. A fascist is, and I don't mean to say that with any empathy at all. I do not feel sorry for someone who's afraid of progress. I do not feel sorry for someone who's afraid of diversity. I do not feel sorry for someone who is a fucking bigot and who thinks they're better than other people simply because they're like the quote unquote right way. Like, I don't feel sorry for someone who's closed-minded. I don't feel sorry for someone who's afraid of educating people because then the power will be dispersed. I don't feel sorry for someone who hoards resources like money. I don't feel sorry for someone who like hoards the resources of this planet, who treats this planet like it's not a living, breathing thing, who has no gratitude for what mother earth like just naturally shows up for us and gives us i'm not saying this with empathy i'm not like that white bitch who's like putin if i were your mommy (laughs) you'd be nice no fuck that shit uh he's not wounded he's evil he's bad he has made the series of life choices like voldemort with the horcruxes sorry to do a harry potter reference but it feels like the right one (sighs) uh, his soul is split into too many pieces and he has totally lost his humanity. He's totally lost his divinity. He is operating from a level of unconsciousness that is dangerous. And really, if I, if I'm gonna leave us on any kind of positivity, um, cause I don't like to leave off on the negative just because I need, I need, I need to stay in tune with hope. You know, I just need to believe that better is possible. (sighs) That's why we have to awaken. Like, that's why we have to open our hearts. That's why we have to participate in community. That's why we have to do our healing work. That's why we have to question the status quo. You know, I've had people tell me, isn't it exhausting? (laughs) being you isn't it exhausting healing all the time like isn't it exhausting caring so much about so much like isn't it exhausting worrying about politics all the time and like thinking about all this stuff like don't you ever just want to break and it's like yeah of course but it's worth it because I know that I'm doing as little harm as possible in the world. Like I know that every day I get softer. I know that every day I love more. I know that the people who come in contact with me are better for having known me. I know that I do as little Damage as possible. It's not to say I've been perfect. It's not to say I haven't made mistakes, but I am working on it and I will continue working on it because I care, because it's the right thing to do and because it makes me feel better every day. And the more conscious I am, the more gratitude I have. And the more gratitude I have, the more I'm in touch with the beauty and the majesty and the miracle of life. You know? Life is a gift. Every life is a gift. And that's not some like (laughs) anti-abortion sentiment. Like life is a gift and choice is a gift and autonomy is a gift and consent is a gift. Consent is everything. Like consciousness, doing things with choice, with intention, you know, moving softly through the world not elbowing your way through. Being in New York City is like, everyone is just like pushing and shoving and rushing and, you know, angry at each other and just like totally in tune with their rage and totally tuned out of their grief, their fear, their anxiety. Look at the way we just like dispose of, of, um, housing insecure people. Like, It's been a frigid winter. People are needing to sleep on trains so that they don't freeze to death in the night. Like, do you know how many people die freezing to death on the streets of New York City? so they sleep on the trains and then the people who are being forced to go back to work have to be on the trains with these people and they're scared. And, you know, there's lots of like mental illness on the streets because people have recently become homeless because they couldn't work during COVID. And, you know, it's just this, like big snowball. And, and what we're doing is we're, we're just delaying the inevitable, you know, we're just holding on to to our resistance to progress for what, for fear of the unknown, for fear of the future, for a lack of consideration that things could be different than they are. I think about this a lot in terms of abusive relationships. You know, when you get out of them, I've been reading my past journals lately and, and you know, here I am, page after page after page, I'm not happy to be doing this. I don't want to be doing this. I'm not having a good time. Like I'm hurting so much. I'm hurting so much. I'm hurting so much without a thought that I could walk away. Like it wasn't even, didn't even occur to me that I could walk away. And now where I'm sitting in the present, when I read those, I want to shake myself. I want to say like, there's another choice. There's another option. Like you could stop this. You could walk away you can make a different choice and and that has become the foundation for my life the foundation for the philosophy of this podcast like you can walk on <laughs> you can release these things you don't have to do what has always been done simply because it's always been done you can love in a way that is transcendent you know you can love yourself you can like yourself you can like being in your body you can create the the work you want to create without all that self-doubt and insecurity you know we could be free without capitalism we could be free without (sighs) these systems that marginalize us that keep us oppressed what is the point of being beholden to these systems what is the point of taxes what is the point of any of it if it doesn't serve us if it only hurts us if it only serves you know the power is in the working class people without us they are nothing without us they don't have anything if we didn't vote <laughs> If we didn't work, if we just like unionized ourselves collectively and we're like, we're not paying taxes until you deal with fucking COVID. We're not paying taxes if you go to war, like just the power is in the people. So all power should be for all people. I don't believe in hierarchies because I don't believe that anyone is more entitled to more than anyone else how you could live with yourself if you're swimming in your money vault like Scrooge McFucking Duck while someone is dying on the street in the cold, while someone is starving, while while a child is crying because they have to go to school amongst bomb explosions because they're afraid they're going to die today. Like, we don't all live the same lives. We don't all live in the same reality. and And the entitlement and the unchecked desire and the evil choices of the insatiable ego of war, of power, of fascism, of control, of power over is really holding us back as people. And you know, I learned from playing sports ball, (laughs) playing field hockey in high school that or in opera productions or playing with bands that your a group is only strong as strong as its weakest player. And unfortunately, in our society, the people, the weakest people are the people with the most power. And how we ended up in this topsy-turvy land is the result of centuries of, of perpetuating this mistake. And so... <laughs> I challenge you this week just to care, just to be soft, (laughs) just to love, just to be present, just to become aware of yourself, of your patterns, of your own ego and your desire for power over, to identify your wounds and not let them rule your choices, to do something for someone else. You know, whether it's just like a listening ear in a conversation or helping out a friend without (sighs) asking for anything in return, saying no when you mean it, standing up for yourself, hugging your loved ones. (sighs) I don't know, y'all. I really wanted to end on a positive note, but I don't think I have it in me. The lack of consent in life right now is just really tough. So I'll get back to business as usual next week. Um, Sorry about my stuffy, cracking nose, but this is an emotional one. (laughs) So, um, oh, let me just totally plug something at the end of this. I have, if you're having trouble identifying your wounds, if you're having trouble, um, figuring this shit out, getting in touch with yourself, if you just want some guidance, I am launching this week a self-love course that is, um, centered on journal writing and developing a conversation with yourself. Um, it's, pricier than I normally charge. I normally do everything on sliding scale, but this took a lot of work and I also just need some income. <laughs> uh, but if you can't afford it and you really want to try it, just shoot me a message or an email. I'm giving three away. Um, but they come with two tarot readings from me. It's the rest of it is totally asynchronous. There's guided meditations, there's journal prompts, there's writing assignments, there's, um, a whole bunch of really good stuff. So if you're, if you are not one of the three people that ends up winning free access to it, um, and you really, really want to do it, but you can't afford it, just message me and I will give you access to it. Like I'm not about that gatekeeping life. Um, it has been devastating to me to want someone's, you know, to want to learn from someone, from a teacher or something. And I can't, or like book a, photography session with someone and I can't afford them. I never want to be that. So I never want to do that to someone else. So if you can't afford it, just let me know and I'll send you the link. Like no questions asked. Um, I love you so much. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for taking care of yourselves. I hope this wasn't too much of a bummer, but also let's be honest, life is a little bit of a bummer right now. Um, hold on to your loved ones be present in the moment, spend a little time in nature, and heal yourself a little bit at a time. Thank you so much for listening. Happy healing. Bye.